10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Good luck, studio. Hello, hello, hello. All I wanted was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. Hello. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it is it deep? Is it deep? <laughs> Boy, he's had all that shy is right. Jeez. Blimey, Governor. It's the Shy Life Podcast. Excellent. Six hundred and nine. 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 Six hundred and Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? I'm all right. I've got Nick here again. Hello, Hello, Nick. Hello. <laughs> um, now, this time on the show, uh, this is kind of like a part two, I suppose. Uh, a while ago, we talked about um, well, we talked about the films that we made during the nineties, and also the stuff that I recorded behind the scenes as part of Sutton Park, where I kind of used the filming as um, inspiration for episodes. So uh, we kind of got to the end of the nineties, but um, we. we we didn't go into the things we did in the noughties, uh, which I think this is what we're going to do this time. So um, uh, if we run the theme music when we come back, that's what we'll be talking about. Darling, it's the Shy Life podcast. <laughs> yes, well, it's a positive thing, Paul. The High Life, the Shy Life. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, Paul. Uh, I'll tell you anyway, but potato. Delicious. Hello, campers. How are you? You quite like a big bang, don't you, Paul? <laughs> Go Shy Yeti. Oh, have you ever found out my secret? Do you think he has? If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Yeah, I am strangely drawn to Yeti and John's ankles as well. <laughs> but has the Shy Life podcast, though, Dan? I don't think so. It's all green and meaty and yum, 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 yum. Has anyone seen my hot sausage? It's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Marvellous. Marvellous, Paul. Hi there. And we're back. Um, so, uh, Nick, where did we get to with all this? Well, I think we got to, we got to the end of the 90s. Uh, by the end of the 90s, I'd, I was, my cupboard was bare. Um, I'd done, I wrote uh, Hour Zero, which is my Millennium uh, two-hander, um in the january of 99 um and i had three films to make that year uh well one directed by andy candish but um so i didn't really have to, much time to write but i knew that i had to gather some stories up i knew that i had to gather some st- uh, stories up for the new you know for the noughties um because uh, and i i so i spent most of 99 gathering together some ideas um the funny thing was with the noughties is i made less films but the scripting development on them or the development generally on them was a lot more detail uh, you know there was a lot they they had a lot more stories uh going for for them 
uh, it was a, you know there was a great deal more uh, happening uh, in terms of their development um, so you, you've got a sort of um, it's, uh, 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 it's difficult to say because um, very I'm very pleased with the four that I did um, but they were it was extremely difficult to get get them where they were because uh the, the development was all over the place and that's why i only made four i think and and uh, the the last one was my last one um but yeah i, I had to, and also the ones that unlike the 90s where everything was a little bit more straightforward you know you wrote something it was made then you wrote something else and it was made uh there was it, it, they all kind of had stop start stuff um certainly with you know i started out with writing i started out ideas wise started out with smile again because i wanted to do a um a domestic comedy i i don't think i'd ever done that before um and that the original version of that bears nothing no resemblance well hardly any resemblance to the finished product uh that was that problem because i i just couldn't get it right um and it it was eventually made in 2002 um and it started life in 99 different kind of graveyard i wanted to do a, a twin story and about i've always been interested in doubles and um i kind of wanted to explore the expectations of siblings when you look up to them and and they're never quite you know they're they're, they're human like the rest of the rest of us but uh, there's something I felt very much about my sister in the early 80s when I missed her and uh, I started to turn her into this hero that she never was but she you know she, I, I began to feel the influence of that that was just going to be a thriller and then Tide of Justice which I think I wrote um, a lot of which on when we were, we were on holiday together in in 2000 uh, which was going to be the sequel to Tide of Freedom which we made we had previously made twice I decided by the time I wrote it in 2000, I decided that uh, we weren't going to make it. I, I didn't want to go through the rigmaroles of that. So I actually gave me a greater freedom to do what I wanted to do with it. So there was a lot more action and a lot more, you know, things were bigger because they, we, I knew I wasn't going to make it. And then Virtual Gangster, which was a very vague idea I had about um, this guy who pretends he's a gangster and has actually spent time in hot, in prison as a gangster that uh, everything got written in slightly different order because we had a at the beginning of 2000 we had a premiere of ditch which was the film uh, andrew candish made that i wrote in 99 everyone was happy with it and they said let's do it we kind of all said let's do it again this year with me writing uh, gareth and sarah Chaney Brownbill um, appearing and Andy Candish directing. And I thought, well, I went back and I thought, well, what have I got to offer? Um, I don't know quite. The only thing I had in a raw enough state to to do was Virtual Gangster. So I, I sort of pushed that into bat first in writing. And uh, Andrew Candish, I think, was expecting me to write another ditch. Um, and it did, didn't quite work. Um, so that still, to this day, hasn't been made. Uh, various people have said, "Yeah, I'll do it," and then haven't done it. Um, and then uh, and um, Renata McKinnell, who I did run fast in the world with, rang me up and said, 
oh, why haven't you used me again? You know, I've, I'm available. I thought, well, I thought you'd gone on to bigger, better things. Um, so I actually rejigged Different Colour Graveyard to, um, to, to turn it into a, a, a dual monologue. So she played both, you know, both sisters. And uh, I, I in, you know, I wrote, wrote that after that. Then there were did Tide of Justice. Um, and then uh, Smile Again... I still was, still wasn't ready, and when Different Colour Graveyard, which got cancelled a total of three times, three times, that was eventually done last. It's terribly complicated, and um, so we're going to do Virtual Gangster first. And Andrew Kanji's got cold feet, so we didn't do that. Different Colour Graveyard, we were going to do next in the beginning of two thousand and one. Uh, that got cancelled because we didn't have a location. Then Renata got ill. Uh, second time we were it was really right on the edge we were going to they got cancelled the day before we were starting shooting I was desperately disappointed got stupidly drunk and resolved to solve the problems of Smile Again which was terribly by then terribly complicated and had too many characters in it Um, and I just said right I'm going to use the time I would have filmed to get it right so I stuck myself under a tree in the summer of um, 2001 and wrote it and I, I kind of removed a lot, some of the characters. That explains why uh, your character Trevor in it seems to be living with his sister, because originally you were going to be a divorcee, and um, that's and that didn't work out. So, uh, but yeah, um, the significant thing is this is where you come in. The significant thing with the noughties is um, you became my script editor. So with Andrew Candish, I think he was kind of drifting away and kind of he. Uh, he didn't really want to be involved anymore. So I thought, well, you've got writing experience, so it really would it, you'd be better if if we had had you on board. And you you were very you did all my naughties scripts, I think, and you were very supportive. Uh, I only really got a very bad memory. Um, I, I really remember doing the, st- the stuff, um, which was the one with the date where you needed to know stuff about dating agencies. Oh, that's and, a, a oh, smile again. Yes. I remember doing things and you sort of saying, because we forget now that the internet was, you know, not in everybody's home necessarily at that point. And, oh. um, and uh, whereas I was that little bit ahead and also a little bit ahead in using online dating and stuff. Um, yeah. Um, so I was able to, so I remember, I remember doing, doing well, that. Just- I mean, I, originally this character, Michael, who was in Smile Again, was going to be a granddad who wanted to kind of bring a kind of positivity to the cynical world of his grandparents, the grandchildren. And he, he was going to start a political party called the Smile Again Party. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, and he was going to end up in a cave, which is where the cave thing was, which worked itself into... Um, a different graveyard and i just thought when i uh i i felt we had something but when i actually spoke it out to somebody i thought this isn't this isn't going to work is it and um which is why there was so many fiddling and faffing and it took two years that was the problem with this first film of of the naughties to smile again it took me so long to actually get this basic story right i i think i got it right in the end um but it was yes and internet wise i I was online but i was very i didn't have a computer so i was i was relying on cafes so i really you you gave me a sort of bit of a guiding hand uh, uh, as to what would be feasible and i remember thinking you know what if you 
you've got computer dating and i was on a i went on a well the year before i went on a computer dating course um, without a computer <laughs> and it was a total one of the most expensive mistakes in my life um and i thought well if you could interfere with the if you could hack into things when you you could you could sort of manipulate people um but not necessarily in a malicious way um so this is this is why and it, it was so difficult to knit together but in the end it it, it came out all right I, I suppose it's because with the domestic comedy i didn't want to be too twee and too familiar but at the same time i wanted recognizable characters that you could identify with so, so what year were we filming smile again again Smile Again was 2002. Yeah, so we've already um, gone past the era where I was I was um, filming behind the scenes. Um, so, so I don't have I don't have any uh, behind the scenes clips from my point of view. No, but, uh, no, I, I think yes, because um, with Sutton Park, you you kind of. The, the, the last of the bona fide Sutton Park actually wrapped up at the very end of 2000, beginning of 2001. Mm. Uh, but we, you did a diary um, Sutton Park, which was mm. in 2001, because yeah. I, you did some at yeah. when, when, I, when we lived in St Martin's Church Street. Yes, yeah. Um, and that's why I, for years I thought Sutton Park had still gone on to 2001, because I remember mm. you recording with us then. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, um, of course, I was I was doing um, uh, in that sort of period where you were working on Smile Again. I was working. Uh, well, I, I sort of ran. Um, uh, I think this is prob probably one of the reasons that sort of caused Sutton Park to to dwindle was that I was starting to do. Well, I was doing the Copernicus Files at the same time as I was doing Sutton Park, but the Copernicus Files meant writing scripts which I, I was back into actually writing things on paper but um, um, but then it meant that a, a lot of the act whereas you had actors from studio theater and yeah. um, you had a mixture didn't you of people who were I, I encouraged a mixture I, I liked yeah. having people from our own gang and some from studio and some from Aldery players because I was you know I'd been five years with Aldery players at that stage um, but Copernicus yeah. actually bridged the gap between the 90s and the noughties because you started work on it in 99. Um, and in fact, you, you you were actually getting into scripts as early, you know, but you're back into scripts, should I say, mm. um, about 98, because yeah. um, I think there's some South Park episodes where you've, you, you've got Cross to Bear yes. in, in yeah. there. And also in 2000, um, although I think it was always meant to be a bigger production but we uh you had touchwood which yes. was the uh monologues uh, and um i actually directly it was the it's the only thing in my life i actually directed that wasn't of my own authorship um but uh, we got we had a chat and we got we decided that richard morley who had been a, had a small part in run fast in the world and who actually i ended up sacking on uh, one more bow um was the right part for the Adam El Elms character, and we had a. I spent the day in t in um, the you know around Salisbury, filming the model. I wanted to keep it as visually interesting as possible, and and kind of have this character wistfully go through, um, you know, his as if you're walking through the city with him as he's pouring out his heart to you. And um, Touchwood was a drama. 
but done in monologues. Uh, That's right. So uh, quite different from anything I'd done before. Uh, but I, I had done monologues. I think, I wonder if it was, it was possibly around that time that the second series of Talking Heads was being broadcast. And that might have got me back into um, the, the idea of doing um, I think, um, actually... I'm not sure. I, I think, I, or maybe so, yeah, because I just can't remember when the second season of Talking Heads was. Yeah, it was about uh, 98, 97, 98, like that. But the thing is, I, I felt that, from, from my point of view, I felt, talking about monologues, I, I felt maybe it was um, unfinished business, really, because we were going to do the monologues in 95. Mm. And um, I, in the end, Rosie Lenz ended up being the only pure monologue. And I sort of did a semi kind of monologue thing with old school eye and really the monologue didn't materialize for one uh, um, inquisition in law. So when, when I came to reimagine, because originally different color graveyard, for example, was going to be just a standard drama, you know, and th- th- there was going to be a character that manipulated both s- sisters to his own end, somebody within the family. Whereas when Renata offered her services, I thought, well, this is a opportunity not to be missed. So I, I turned it into a, like a monologue. I suppose it was, although I called it a dual monologue, I think it was, it was a monologue because you only got the one, you got them one at a time. Um, and I was really happy with that. I think it was one of the best scripts I ever did. Um, and that, of course, um, there was two, uh, once, um, when the, in the August of, 2001 when we were just about to shoot it she said you know i've got a cold i'm looking after kids i don't know when i can do this and i i really i was very bitterly disappointed and i got stupidly drunk and i actually got out my footage of touchwood because that was the very latest thing i uh, work you know directed and i kind of watched it and to feel a bit better about you know the the loss of it and that's when i saw damn it, I'm going to, I'm going to write Smile Again, whatever, and whatever it takes, I'm going to get it ready for production in the spring. Mm-hmm. And I did. And, yeah. uh, and it was a good one to, to start with. And um, I, yeah. Because some, the, 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 some of the other ones that you're doing, like Ditch and and Tom Cutter Graveyard, they weren't movie length, whether they were... New, which, which actually brings me on to because uh, a different color graveyard didn't get made until 2008 it was actually the last one i did the first one of the first ones i wrote and the last ones i did it was sort of uh, almost 10 years in in development because it almost got made in 2005 uh, it well two we had two days of filming because andy took it over and insisted i changed the title insisted i removed one of the characters anecdotally and i he wasn't desperately sympathetic but uh he we were we had someone called oh what's her name um oh no i forget her name she she was a very 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 good actress and but things like the cave were gone things that were achievable but they're just so i mean yeah and it got dropped like a ton of bricks so for a few i was licking my wounds for a couple of years and then i thought you know i'm going to take it back i'm going to put the title back and um, but um, more about that later. But you were saying about um, feature length. Um, yeah. The second, uh, I realised that we, we'd done Smile Again in 2002. Because 2003, I realised was going to be were two significant things. One, I was getting married, and two, 
um, it was going to be 10 years since Prison in the Sun, 10 years since we'd been making the film. So I, I wanted to do something a bit special. Now, the previous feature-length one I'd done, Run Fast in the World, I had to come in for a bit of flack about the length of it and the complexity of some of the ideas. And But I knew in my heart of hearts I wanted to do another feature-length adventure and, um, and with a bit of intrigue and things like that. And we've been to a convention. Did you go to the Sunmakers convention with me? Um, I can't remember now, but uh, it was a attended, very, very. To, but... It was a bit of a pokey convention. There, the uh, we were all, you know, the the guests were kind of awkwardly stuck, and it was it was badly put together. But they put a fan video up, and it was a very fan based kind of Dalek zapping things, and it was computer technology. I thought, well, really, I could, you know, I could do this. You know, I, it's not super wonderful cgi um and i i sent them an idea because they were looking for ideas and they just sort of sent me a letter back patting me on the head and saying this is our next event which i wasn't very mm. <laughs> wasn't very impressed with but it got me thinking um for this film for 2003 what could i do could i get away with doing a science fiction story uh, if it wasn't too alieny and no spaceshipy, and you know, you, it, it relied on the ideas rather than the effects. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, yeah, yeah, let's see where we go with this. And I, unlike Smile Again, it, it developed. Not, I'm not dissing Smile Again; it came out very well. But um, it's the ideas I worked up a lot quicker with this. And Andy was originally going to play a smaller part. Um, and he, he eventually he was living with us at the time so he eventually got promoted to a bigger part um but it i thought i'd like to bring carol parkinson back because he she was the character in prison in the sun and elaine once said that she'd been prepared to come back now elaine and keith had kind of our friends had, had sort of not had gone off the idea of being on in films um but i i i approached elaine at the time and said if I was to ask you to come back as Carol, what would you be prepared to do? And that gave me, gave me a perimeter to work with and uh, perhaps get some ideas. So I had basically had the idea of her maybe being a kind of like a, a Doris Stokesy guru. She'd become a cult figure, quite officially disgraced because of her time in Sutton Park and the fact she'd gone a bit crazy. Um, but um, somebody who was a cult figure, a bit like David Icke, uh, you know, who some people derided, some people actually went to for advice. Mm-hmm. Um, then I came up with the lead character um, who became Oliver Darlington. And I thought, well, you've got to put the two together. They're just screaming. It's just screaming out for it. And I realized I wanted to do, uh, go a little bit further with Carol than Elaine perhaps would have been comfortable with. So I cast Nikki Angel, who I've been in productions with, um, Carol, Carol was brought back in a in a modern setting, and I also at the centre of that is I'd always been interested, science fiction wise, fantasy wise, about doing a story about immortality, you know, and, and the search for it and what kind of people go for it. But it's never I I don't remember it ever being done in a modern day context, and I thought that'd be interesting, and um, but set it in a kind of like with the 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 posh family and uh, giving it a sort of dramatic kind of frame um and i it's probably my favorite of the my naughties films um the gift from eternity Mm. and you 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 were super as a a nasty produced tv producer uh in it and that was that was film number two 
Mm. Um, I make it was first because I'd got a computer by then. You were saying about technology. I pretty well. I always say I blackmailed myself into getting a computer with Smile again because it, the storyline was about an old man learning about the internet. And uh, so I thought, well, I've got to get a computer, haven't I? And uh, I didn't know much about memory. And I was trying to experiment with video, uh, digital editing. Mm. Um, I did that with Smile Again. And, and I, I knew nothing about memory. So the picture would dis- it would separate from the, the sound. And it, I had terrible problems. And um, the editing, in fact, on even though the, the filming went extremely well and the writing, I got the script written in within a month with uh, gift from eternity uh again you did a lovely job editing it um and i felt that uh because i uh, it, with, the videos just went up to the, the mark anymore at that point mm-hmm. with editing and it was 2008 before combined knowledges showed me how to, to well, uh, edit and, and portable hard drives so it was it wasn't until 2008 that's that and that for me is probably why I stopped making films. Is just the editing was just. Yeah, I mean, I think that happened to me. Dead. I think that happened to me in. Um, well, we'll come back to Copernicus Files because of a particular filming Ooh. session. Um, but um, well, because I bought some new technology in two thousand, um, and I, I yeah, I mean, I was clearly over um, giving myself too much to do in two thousand, which is probably why things started, like with certain parts started drifting. Because I was doing Sutton Park, but I was also doing um, trying to bring back beaches. Because I, um, uh, bef- before you and I went to Vegas, I, I went to New York with my brother for his 18th birthday, or, or um, uh, and I thought, oh wow, because obviously at that point I wasn't, um, uh, you know, I, I think I must have done some Sutton Park as well. But I was kind of thinking, well, this needs to be more than just Sutton Park. I need to do a uh, like bring back beaches, which is mm. what I've been doing in at the early nineties, and um, um, so, so I, I did that. But also I was doing Copernicus, and yeah. um, and then when I came to edit Copernicus with this new, because um, there was these videos that were supposed to be more sensitive. That's right. <laughs> more sensitive. And they just went oh. between yeah. shots, didn't they? Yeah. I, I was that was soul destroying. I, I had I bought a whole new video recorder to do, to edit. Um, diff, uh, I mean, I did a, a rough cut, but I knew that the heads were starting to go on my video, and and I realised that it just wasn't going to cut it. I needed to do a DVD, and I needed to do a digital. You know, to, to be, I, I needed to get into the twenty first century, basically. Just with, with, with Copernicus, I know I cut together the first episode, and that's um, right. Yes, uh, I mean I was more more limited than you as far as uh, basically I was just recruiting my Southern Park stars to to learn lines, and to, uh, it, it 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 was the first time I'd sort of done a script, but mm. you know, so I was turning to you yeah. or to Harry or mm. to Elaine or to. Um, oh. To, An- to Andrew and Lisa, but um, which, which is all good, but but we're kind of used to doing ad lib, um, and and maybe some of them weren't um, they hadn't they hadn't done learning lines for a long time. Not that I had any problems with anyone's performance; it's just that yeah. it wasn't the same easygoing. Um, I think it's turning a, up and ad ad libbing sort of thing. Yeah, I think I, I think the thought of. I mean, with Sutton Park, I mean, I 
you know, I was almost, you know, I, 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 I didn't consider myself very good at ad-libbing, but it wasn't too demanding when you did meet up because mm. it was, you know, there wasn't any lines to learn as such. Mm. Um, I found with, uh, with Elaine and Keith, and then I think to a degree with Troby and Lisa, uh, certainly in Troby and Lisa by the noughties, um, the line learning wasn't terribly popular. Uh, as I say, they were up for it, but I knew I, I had an early meeting with them about possibility of them being in smile again. And it clears so on the tone of it, it I, I perceived they weren't terribly interested in the idea. Um, okay. I, yeah. But going back to the, the, the editing thing, which was so frustrating. Uh, so I cut the first episode, a, a copy of because uh, I did record, I don't know if there is anything missing, um, but we'll come to that in a sec. But I did record a majority of the first season, which I think was six or seven scripts. Um, yes. And, and so I cut together that first episode. It looked fine on my TV, playing in my video recorder. Yeah. But then you put it on somebody else's video recorder and it would pop or it would yes. it would shimmer or uh, between cuts yes. between shots and stuff so you couldn't even guarantee that what you saw was what yes I think, yeah i think with with by early 2003 my the video i'd bought for just prior to um or during uh run fast in the world in 96 was basically holding on by its fingertips so i just by the skin of my teeth i just managed to edit and dub a video of smile again i did try to do a, a a digital but it just it was it was hopeless um which was it, it very very disappointing and of course by the time gift from eternity came along and again the it, the picture it's because i didn't have much memory somebody eventually pointed this out to me and i think um then in the later a few years later they i was introduced to by eric montague who I'll speak about later. He he worked on the eventual different color graveyard uh, show and and videoed my panto sunset mm. sunset one. He introduced me to this machine that taped off uh, video to, uh, to to disc, which we we can then rip onto uh, a digital file on the computer. And I think Keith helped me with the the ripping software and the portable hard drive, which for me. If if I had been in, if, if they would have been big and bulky. But mm. if I had had a portable hard drive in two thousand and two, when um, I was making Smile Again, it would have made a hell of a difference, and it would have caused me less angst. Because uh, I mean, it really with Gift from Eternity, I knew I had a cracking film, uh, so the it was it was absolute torture. Not you know, kind of. The video clearly was it, it, the video editing just wasn't going to happen anymore. Like you, um, I did a version on the new video, uh, which had so many heads, it was like some sort of mythical creature. <laughs> um, and um, it, it and it was sold to me by a, a very kind of um surly chap who thought I'd be should be working on um, DVDs. Um, I said thank you. And, but um, yes, yeah, so I, I watched on there, and I took it round to Andy's, and between every shot, you know, and, and I thought, oh, sh you know, the, and as I say, it wasn't until two thousand eight um, when I just after I made, I made different kind of graveyard, I started editing properly. Gift from Eternity, mm -hmm. and 
it finally I made it when I was 35, 34, 35, and I fi- it finally debuted on my 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. And um, that's basically, I lost the momentum. I lost the, the, the rhythm of the whole films. And that's, I think, is why I stopped doing them. Because um, they, at that stage, obviously, Different Colour Graveyard uh, eventually became See You Never and then back to Different Colour Graveyard. So that, that was hanging in the wilderness for ages. I was, I, I was very hopeful for years that Renata was going to do it, but it wasn't to be. Because she helped edit the script as well, as well as I think we had you, you and Renata on board for that. Mm-hmm. Um, with, as I say, Gift from Eternity, I have very fond memories of because it was like a bit like back, being back in prison in the sun because it was... Um, I was planning on making it after I got married. I, I had the script in place and the cast in place before I got married. It was a bit like um, One More Bow, you know, previously in 98. I I got the script ready in 97. I got the cast ready at the beginning of 98. So when I took my A-levels, I came, finished my A-levels, got bang in there with it. And it was the same here. I wrote it a, a gift at the end of 2002. Send the script. Send you budgeted it. Um, I got the cast together and of course i had two people um, tom and amy who i worked with at alderbury who wanted to be in it and i assume, i knew they were going to university i was in a show with them at the time and i first day of rehearsals i went in expecting to start gift in september and they said they were leaving in september and i thought <laughs> so i mean it was like flying by the skin of your pants just like old day just like we did in prison in the sun so literally i phoned everybody up uh, for the bank holiday that and i said yeah we're gonna have to do this because tom and amy are going in september so we rushed forward with that but the thing is because i had 10 years more experience i the, the end result was kind of much better but um tom and amy i wanted to use again in my next film the third one which was um granny in another universe mm-hmm. but uh which was a sort um, and uh, fortunately, they were the cause of it being delayed by 18 months because when I got them in, I said, yes, I'll, yeah, he said, well, yes, we'll do it. And I brought them in, did this read through. And at the, at the end of the read through, I said, right, when can you do this? And we went through dates and dates and dates and they weren't able to do anything. <laughs> they, were, they were completely unavailable. And I thought, why have you just wasted my time with this? Yeah. And um, I had to recast and getting the recasting people available it was a i start i wrote the script in january 2005 and we finally shot it in june 2006 it was a, a much later idea than all the others that that's decade um i people have often said to me do you want why do you why don't you put your stuff in for a competition i thought i'm not a competition person i'm not interested in making films that are better than anybody else it's just the ones that were right for me and technically I wasn't an expert. I, I was in it for the writing and the social crack. And I thought, well, why don't I write a film about this? You know, because all, all the films that were competitions, and this is certainly the case still, seem to be very formulaic. They're either very surreal or they're very, uh, they have to make a social point. I said, it, I, used, I used to say it's like, they are, it's either the day in the life of felt tip pen or uh, losing granny in the supermarket. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I thought with losing Granny in the supermarket, I I I caught oh yeah let's, let's so you've got this film about a film, uh, you know you've got this this um, person who's making it 
who's wants to win all these awards and everybody in it uh, is involved in it for a different reason one of them wants to highlight the use drug use and another one that wants to highlight ecological things and they're all in it for their own reason they're all trying to crowbar their own agenda into it mm. and um it, it went down well and um it was a good shoot a very long shoot uh, it was one day but it was kind of a very long day mm. and it was baking hot and um we had a lot of fun my brother-in-law played a, a, a part of a grunting uh, caretaker in it and my <laughs> sister eventual sister-in-law was in it and um it was probably one of the most popular that year you know that decade that i did mm. but it was just it was so frustrating that i had to kind of recast the whole damn thing um, um which reminds me uh, um doing the, the shorter plays was yeah um going well, back well, films rather than plays yeah, but yeah going going back to the with, with me to the 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 early noughties and again i think this might have been another thing i did and tried to do in 2000 um i did that i did a little play called or a little film called hack which was uh about a, a journalist and a um and a sort of in investigator, mm. um, and it was like a two a two uh, hander, which I recorded in Brighton with with Harry. Um, so I, I think that was probably two thousand as well. It was. In fact, it was. A, it, you were saying you had a busy two thousand, as indeed did I. I was. I was kind of write, more writing than filming. But but I had to say, um, I think you did a lot of scripts at the time. Because I was also 2000, literally a few days before I got together with Ali, um, we did, there was one that it, we I did for you called Skeptic, mm, um, yes. which uh, I played a curator and you were a, a skeptic journalist. Mm. And we, I, 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 I watched, watched bits of it recently because it's been digitalized yeah, yeah. uh, as indeed has hack hack yeah um hack's been digitalized too yeah hack's appeared, um, hacks appeared on the show or all yeah, yeah, yeah. outtakes and stuff uh, so i think we a lot and and of course it was around 2000 that i did the adam elms um one of um of touchwood i wish i'd done more now because I, I just assumed that the the other monologues would be given to other directors um yeah, which i'm sure would have, if, I, if i hadn't have over you know, I haven't had so many things decided to do so yeah. much at once. Uh, Adam Elms's one got finally edited. I edited together finally in 2016 when the we had a DVD of um, with Ditch and other stories, which uh, was basically all the all the little all the squiddlers. And uh, we had Last Paul, which you and I was a sketch uh, that you and I filmed in in Las Vegas as a sort of creative project to do it. As yeah. well as some park in in Las yeah. Vegas, and um, we, we thought let's let's sort of gather up all the all the the ones that you know are quite short or or an example an example of things that were different like um, Copernicus Files. There's some Copernicus Files clips on there. There's Series E, which we started with in the nineties. There's the Adam Elms thing, which is all nicely cut together. I'm really pleased with the way that came out, um, and. Um, Things like, I think Last Paul was one of them. But uh, yeah, when did, when did we? Um, when did we? Was it the beginning of two thousand and one that you and I went on location uh, for season two of of Copernicus Files? That's right. Uh, yes, yeah. um, I came back as um, 
Nigel, and you and I did a story where we 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 filmed the story called The Rivals, which, which would have was been the first season, well, the first one of season two. Had I yeah, I think it might have been a is it two parter? Well, might or have been a special, a, a special, special or, whatever, yeah. I, I, but we 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 shot quite a bit of location work in Cambridge, mm. and of course that were like I think all of Copernicus Files is now safely edited and um, digitalized um so yeah i mean I, that was fun that was nice we, we to did, do. did we do a fight sequence in was it, it ely did we go to is that ely we went oh. for a day trip to that wherever that town is with that nice cathedral with a with curly um curly sort of turrets uh oh. um we, we had did this fight scene on, on i the think group. there was there was something like that yes i i've yeah. um and i, I in my <laughs> youth i used to collect um uh, and ant- cheapo antiques mm. and um i had these flintlock pistols which mm. are still knocking around that i don't have them anymore i can't even remember what happened to them mm. um but probably yeah i they were still knocking around then they're quite useful we used them in ditch as well and um we we did indeed bring them along uh on to to the rec- uh, recordings and we yes we had a duel it i think you were saying it at the time it was based on an aspect of the the old graham wrinkley joint story that we wrote along with harry and robin and lee yeah. um and about the kind of like a dueling club where mm. the spirits of the the previous rivals yeah. sort of kind of it, it was a little bit like that idea yeah. and um which is very nice really um it, it sort of um appealed to my sense that, of that, that sort of that, that was sort of when i stopped doing um filming um i spent other than being in anything you wanted me to be in i spent the rest of well up until 2009 i spent just really doing um things in print so i was doing mm-hmm lots of poetry books two or three a year sometimes i was doing um mass of commons books so um yeah i was taking a lot of digital photos because i quickly well i started once, once, i can't remember when digital photos I, I had a digital camera but it wasn't a very good one to yeah. start with you couldn't actually see what you would take you couldn't see what <laughs> you'd taken until you mm. got it back on and plugged it into the computer yeah but um Certainly, around the time that I've discovered um, the Lulu website, the book publishing in the mid noughties and I realised that um, you know you could do your own covers if you took the photo. I definitely had yeah. a better camera by then, and a friend gave me a, a better camera, and then I started including photos. So I have quite a lot of photos, and on my blog and on my books, but but not much other than what I was in for you. I I went digital. We 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 started. Uh, doing digital camera work in 2005 i think we start i don't think i think that we were still doing non-digital photographs after 2005 but i think we started seriously i think all, all of my the my 37th birthday was all you know I, I did a lot of photographs and that i think that was all on digital mm-hmm. um but i think with certainly technology wise my I lost device. I had my my cam- camcorder, my VHSC camcorder. Um, I bought it in '98, 
during the filming of Gift from Eternity, I lost a vital um, lead, which hamstrung uh, editing like nobody's business. Um, That's probably one of the reasons I, I was I was dependent on the machine to get because without the lead these days I'd, I'd look on eBay and get it like, mm. like that. But um, I think eBay was around at the time, but I just wasn't particularly it wasn't on my radar. But mm. um, I then borrowed i think i, I used, uh, used andrew candish's camera which he did for ditch and virtually nothing else and um he tried to flog it to me and tried to flog it to me and he did in the i did buy it in the end for a, a fairly cheap figure uh, but i did uh, i decided to do granny in um video eight because uh, by the, by that time, I think video eight cameras were better. I, I let's certainly look at the one that Andy had in the nineties. I, I wasn't very impressed with it. I thought the stuff we did on of the HSC with Sutton Park and my ones was a lot better quality. And um, I think they've they've uh, certainly looking at the park and and my own stuff, they've actually stood up quite well over over time. Um, I. Yeah, some of the shots on Granny look a bit the early one of the early shots with Gareth look a bit washed out. But mm. apart from that, it was pretty good. Sounds better. And I was sorry. And also, I think what did I film? Was it? Yeah, I think I borrowed Andrew Candish's camera for um, Smile Again. Was shot on video eight. Um, and um, yeah, I, by two thousand, uh, the different going back to different kind of graveyard for years. I hoped that Renata could come back. Then they did the version um, with and Andy directed, uh, which he was he was doing with Colin Burden, which sort of stopped for Christmas and then just was dropped like a ton of bricks. Um, I for years I kind of thought, well, are you going to do this or not? So it, nobody told me what what, what was happening with it. Um, I said, you know, to Andy when he said, you know, it's going to be a sharder, and I thought. Oh, and um, I said, well, I'm going to take it back and I'm for, going to for, start. Uh, for, li- for listeners who don't know what Sharda means, it's no, a reference yes. to a Doctor, <laughs> Who's, Doctor Who story that was filmed in 1979 or 80, um, and, uh, which never got completed well. It has since been completed in various yeah. forms, but not at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. so I thought, I'm, I worked really hard on this script. Um, I'm blown if I'm going to have it. So I and I didn't want I didn't like the change of title anyway, and I didn't like some of the th- decisions that had been made. So I said, "Well, let's. I'm go- I'm going to do it. I'm going to take it back and do it." Um, I Renata, I think by that point was probably older than the character was envisaged. Um, if that's you know, uh, the, oh, one going back to Renata, one thing with the irony with Smile again was one of the reasons it got booted up the ass and put into production and and all the problems kind of solved because I was so bloody minded to, to do it was because Renata was unavailable for different colour graveyard. Now, I was looking for the part of Maureen, who was the the your sister in it, who uh, and I, I phoned every person I could think of at that age group. And eventually I found myself with Renata's name. And so and I phoned her and she accepted it. So she actually took part in the film that was was replaced the film that she couldn't do. Um, so I, it, which was ironic. She she was actually superb in that, and and I was so pleased that I put some scenes in with you two as well because you had had some dramatic scenes together in Run. Mm. So it was nice that you had some really good scenes with her in 
smile again. I knew I knew that after Kerry, that's Kerry Stockwell was was playing it in See You Never. I didn't know Kerry very well. She was a superb actress, but I, you know, she, I was told that she wasn't going to do it anymore. I thought well, it was a half job. You know, why just stop? Um, so I sorry. I was say, did we did we film both Smile Again and um, I've forgotten again? What's it called? Uh, the one that came after? Different kind of graveyard. Oh, no, no, and, uh, uh, Gift from Eternity. Gift from Eternity. And uh, Gift from Eternity. We we once again we did scenes for both of those at my parents' house. Oh, Mountfield is one of my favourite ever locations, and it's interesting because. Um, I got lucky, really, with with. I mean, I was always lucky to have Mountfield because, and, and we used we used the gardens, both your back and the front garden. Uh, we used the garage because I I couldn't find a cellar, so we actually filmed in quite cold conditions. And uh, Nikki playing Carol Parkinson was having to come in a pajama, come down from apparently in a trance from in, in her pajamas. And she was filming in your garage in sort of October, November times in freezing in this. Uh, and, and in between takes, uh, we, we would pile all these blankets on top of her. And I would say to her, you know, when, when she was ready to, for recording, I said, we're ready to record now. And you'd hear this, <laughs> from underneath all these blankets uh you know squeals and she was a lot of fun and um and her her husband uh, christian played the the sort of lead baddie in it and um but yes we 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 did use mount and we used the the um when it was still a um just about a a, a phone box uh we used the phone box amy runs to it as as the della character in and that and and um so mountfield and charlton were were extensively used and we smile again we were yeah yes the dining, dining room, room looked, and the la- uh, the well the sun lounge they call yes. it yes this dining room looks gorgeous in that um it was so so nice to film in there and um it was it was very it was the day before easter i think it was easter saturday and um it, the queen mum died whilst we were filming um she, she didn't sort of collapse in the background. She, never, she never did get to do her lines yeah uh, i was recording one of the first scenes uh, upstairs joe joe um rose who was the daughter of debbie rose who was in tide of freedom and, and it was an extra in one more bow and went on to be an extra in one of steven spielberg's films um that's about the only thing i got in common with Steven Spielberg, we both <laughs> use her as a, as a ex. But I, I remember we were doing a scene with him and Renata, and your brother came out of uh, a room saying that Queen Mum's died. And I think uh, later on there was a scene in 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 that day, well, later that day, where you and him were watching telly, mm. and I wanted something suitable on this on the box. And of course, every channel you clicked, Queen Mum's dead. <laughs> Queen Mum's Day, Queen Mum's Day, and it, I had to put on the cartoons in the end. Um, but um, yeah, so we filmed uh, extensively for that, just as we'd done in Run, and, and I, I just, I just loved using your parents' house because it's so gorgeous. And in t- indeed, the other bit of huge bit of luck we had with Different Colour Graveyard was we filmed in a, a, a rectory in Shaftesbury called Bakes Farm. It was a lovely old farmhouse where Tamsin Jackson, who had previously played my wife in Barefoot in the Park, played the um, the the daughter in in different colour gravy. Uh, the um, gift from eternity, and I said we were going to use um, Grosvenor House, which is a private um, house, um, which Andy used in To Cry the Woman, and they 
were very snooty and said, no, 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 we got it musical exams that time. It can't possibly be done. And, uh, and Tamsin said, well, I, I can have a word with my parents because they've got this nice big house. And it was like Malfield. It was, it was a peachy one to film. And I just went round, did a recce and went round taking loads of Polaroids. And it was just juicy and gave me more than I, I was anticipating when I wrote the script. And we put lo- loads of extra shots in and uh, and everybody would did. You, you get a lot of hanging around with filming. And it was one of those times when nobody minded hanging around because there was gorgeous uh, there was a gorgeous garden sort of walk around and and her parents uh, her dad who was a, a retired vicar used to make films and he was terribly terribly supportive and and you know they supplied nice tea whilst whilst we were filming there so it's a beautiful place to film uh, in uh, two other locations i remember one from smart again and one uh, from gift was uh, was smart again didn't we go down to the docks in southampton we did um in fact there are two two um sea locations on as well we went to the docks in southampton a very windy day uh with dear um chris dakin who had uh, was married at the time to my ex-girlfriend Catherine, who was also in the film that was the other thing um sorry no, I'll, I'll keep southampton keep southampton um yes we used we uh did some uh, as is uh uh chris as the son and and joe rooney uh, lovely Joe Rooney as the as the, the dad uh, came home from abroad. I mean, when I wrote Smile Again, uh, it was a total coincidence. But Ron, um, was it Ronnie Biggs and his son came came home from Rio um, to you know uh, having done the great you know kind of came back because of ill health and I you know it's a fair cop gov put the, put the cuffs on and his son was dead against the idea. So I I did a kind of a a, a rip on that, you know, because the son wasn't very keen on coming back, um, and didn't. It was was at odds with his decisions about coming back. Um, we also later on we used sea, uh, South Sea. Um, I wanted a fun fair. Joe Rooney was an absolute star. He actually went round to councils, got angry on my behalf, and and in the end, my brother-in-law actually found us South Sea Pier. Um, Clarence Pier, that's right. Mm. And um, we did some. Uh, my, 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 the problem was it was too light to match the other stuff that we shot. Mm. So I, I, I made people wait until it got dark the previous month. And I shouldn't have bothered. I, I'm so obsessed with night filming, it's got me into a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, but uh, over the years, because I've tried, you know, I, I, like, I like a night shoot because it looks, if you get it right, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had success, uh, uh, equal balance of successes and failures with that. Um, yeah. The, the other location I'm thinking of from Gift was Godolphin School. Yes, a girls' school in Salisbury. And um, um, it brings kind of brings it uh, jumping ahead hugely. Um, I had the great pleasure of working actually in good because it was the theatre. Yeah. The Black uh, Black Ledge, Black Ledge Theatre. Yes, that's right. Which was a, a, a film, which was a modern building as part of Godolphin. I took part in a very very short competition film with, uh, which was being run by my friend Richard Clark. Uh, the, just before lockdown, mm-hmm. um, I played the I played a hip hop rapper Despot mm-hmm. in the future. 
and I, and I got I got vaporized. They had to cut me being dis- disappearing, which I was disappointed with. Mm-hmm. And um, and we got because Richard is an engineer, well, te- technician in um, uh, Godolphin. We got to film in the the grand hall of Godolphin, and it was it was it was absolutely peachy. Um, and I, I I was so pleased I was able to be part of that. I hope to make more films with Richard because I'm technically I'm kind of stepped away from yeah you know, I, I don't, I'll I'll write and I'll act mm. um, till the cows come home. But I I think I'm finished with direct, directing. I, I didn't well, enjoy it quite so much. I wasn't technically minded enough to do it. One of the locations I'm thinking of something that I was involved in towards the end of my filming was again for Copernicus Files. I think it was one of those a bit like we did with because we did, didn't know months in advance about going to uh, Las Vegas. Um, so that was sort of, so, and the same with, with this, um, Harry and I, I guess this was 2000 again, Harry and I um, decided to go to Paris and yeah. as he was playing Nigel, I thought, all oh, right, I must write a scene. Uh, and I can't remember if that was for the rivals or one of the season one stories, but yeah. um, we had some scenes and we, we recorded them. Um, and I, th- I think they survived. I think they got digitised, but I haven't, yes. re- I haven't really looked at everything. Everything, you know, there's so much to look at. Yeah, um, there is. There is quite a bit of um, Paris, which is, yeah. is, is digital now. But that was that was frustrating because um, <laughs> I, I shall dish the dirt. So uh, we went to Paris. We did the scenes, and then Harry says to me, uh, "I've got a date whilst I'm here." Um, so um, when so and he guess he wasn't expecting to come home from the date. So I'm I'm in Paris, like with him. But then suddenly I find I've got the the whole of the date of my or the or from about lunchtime until the following day by myself. And, and I'm not the sort of person, you know. I'm in a strange city. I think yeah. once I came home, I don't think I did anything. Uh, I didn't go out. I just got sandwiches and came home, and went to bed. Um, <laughs> but but I think he probably left me when or went off to have his date when we were at the Eiffel Tower. We yeah. did, I probably did. We either did a scene or I did some film filming at Eiffel Tower, and then either I the tape was finished, and I went to eject it, and it wouldn't come out, oh. um, and literally. I mean, I'm sure I, I could have sent it to a repair place, but I just thought they might not treat the tape with, you know, they might just think, oh, exactly. Just need- it was too risky, really. Isn't too it? risky. Yeah. So I took it home and I just basically um, unscrewed as much of the camera as I could so that I could get the tape out so that the tape was more valuable to me than the, the camera, which was actually quite new. But um, I think that was another nail in the coffin as far as, you know, new technology, it's, not it- fair. It's things like it's little things like well, big things like that that really kind of knock you back. I, I, the whole editing thing on Gift was really demoralising and really knocked me back because I I I thought I've got, I've got a bloody good film here. I I just I just can't do anything with it. And um, it was only two thousand and eight was the turning point because I, I I suddenly the means was there not only to do that one and of course different colour graveyard which I just made but. Um, it was shortly after that in 2009 that um, I teamed up with Keith Musselwhite and we re-edited the whole shebang and um, it breathed a whole new life to those old recordings and uh, it's still the the, the potential I I feel a lot more optimistic now even though I've, I've kind of stopped making films 
Um, and but with yeah, going, uh, whilst I think of it, going back to what you were saying about Godolphin, um, yes, that was interesting because. I had put in these scenes set in a TV studio. Unlike a lot of things, I didn't have a clear idea of where we were going to shoot it. And um, during the read-through, Hugh Abel, who played the father in, in uh, Gift, suggested I took up the, the gauntlet and wrote to the TV companies. And I, I didn't hold much, a, a much hope with this. And... Um, so I wrote to them. I wrote to Southern, I think, uh, the Southampton, you know, to, um, whatever you know they call themselves these days. And I said, you know, can we, can we just snaffle a, a, a corner just to simulate a TV studio? And they said, well, you know, it, if it's such, it'd be out of the question because of sport. Um, so that was a no. Um, and I don't know whose idea it was to use Blackledge. But I think there's a lot, quite a few studio people in that, so I, I imagine it was that was another option. And I wrote to Blackledge, and although the caretaker was a bit stuffy, um, he we did secure Blackledge, and um, I was delighted. I really was because um, it looked because it, it was a very technical theatre. It was and it looked like a studio because you had all the the um, uh, seats in a sort of arena, um, and you could. I, I stuck you centrally in there, and we to to make it a bit sort of Channel Fourie. We we I bought a inflatable sofa, um, and, and made it kind of like a bit tacky, and and we yes, I mean, and I think we we augmented your the claps in uh, in post production, but there was also a um, and I I watched I think I actually did it for a clip. It might be one of the clips that I did for this this feature, but um, there's a scene where Andy as the angry son and and Tamsin come and see you and threaten you and you turn it on its head and threaten them and that was filmed in the control room and I I thought it looked great I you know I, I it was so many things you could little things you could do with that and um and also I think with gift I kind of, because I was engaged to be married just before we did prison in the sun and my then fiance wasn't very keen on me filming I kind of wanted to show that even if I was married, I could still do creative projects. So um, Gift was just after I got married. And I think that was very much, as you know, I was making a bit of a, a stand. Um, but yeah, um, just trying to think of other little things that were around. I got in, it's always disappointing. I've never been overly poor me about it but I've always been disappointed about not being invited to for other things I mean Andy didn't cast me in anything in the in the Nordic even though he did films and with I think there was one with Kath Kath Poole's brother uh, was doing was doing a, a, a filming course and he he asked for people to be involved in a sort of quasi trailer for a supposedly for a BBC one season and he brought brought me into that. We filmed at a, a bus stop in Alderbury. I've got that. And um, and there was a lady called Dee who I knew from studio. And we did a, a sort of a, like a ten second um, trailer. For, and we talk, We did impressions of people from the Fast Show, which I I never actually see. <laughs> but I'd seen so many clips from that. I, I did the um, I'm the only gay in the village, you know. Kind of, and I'd seen so many clips. I I, I kind of was able to do it, but. Uh, I, d I didn't know the fire show very well at all, but um, uh, that was a nice little thing to do. But I, I would have loved to have done more. Um, 
And what else? What's what you're thinking? I, I, I suppose um, I have a coda to to my because I didn't as I say I didn't make films for years, but um, I I did have a revival, uh, and that take this takes us into the tens. But it was a revival, but it ended quite similarly for this for similar reasons as as I'll explain. Um, so in two thousand and nine, I started doing performance poetry having written poems for years i was pushed into in a nice way pushed into doing it and it was recorded just a five minute segment but i put that on youtube and then i started doing little videos just of separate poems and a couple of friends said i'll, fi- we'll f- I'll film you um because they and they use their cameras and i just did uh, and i sort of started having a vimeo account and a youtube mm. account and then I, I think it was literally like new year's day 2010 i was down in swanage staying um over the new year and we went to bournemouth um and we met troby and lisa and and i decided to buy uh, um because by then my previous camera was a digital camera but the video was very pixelated mm. but i bought this new camera because I, I i i no longer had a video camera working video camera but but little hat little basically cameras also by this point had the, the capacity to to video perfectly mm. um so having bought a new camera and discovering how good the the camera was compared to my old one i started doing my shayeti on location videos um and i think possibly of all the things that i've done that i have done video wise i mean obviously i love sutton park but it's just it's quite difficult to package in a here have you know um watch this yes. and, whereas all of my Shaggy and location videos, you can just watch one, and that, yeah. um, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't. It's more like poetry meets beaches broadcasting. Yeah, it's oft, often silly sketches. If I'm in a different country, then I'm, I'm showing the country, doing a few poems. Um, I mean, in about three years, I did about a hundred videos. Yeah, uh, whether they be live ones or me on the radio or me on location. Um, at the same time, I also decided to revive Sutton Park and did a mini series of that. That did sort of peter out again. Again, I think because the Shaggy and Location videos were going so well, perhaps it was harder to. And I also, I think when I, I was just editing on um, Windows Movie Maker, and I, I think some of the Sutton Park things I was layering lots of special effects on, and maybe my maybe my laptop wasn't. You know, I didn't have enough memory. I was having problems when I was tra- trying to uh, process the videos, um, and I think that also kind of w- w- was a frustration. Um, I did have the same problem with the Shaggy on location videos too, but less less often because there was less special effects mm-hmm. to go on. Because um, uh, Ali, that was about the time I, we were living in Devizes Road, and my Ali and I appeared in some rev- yeah. revival Sutton Park. Ones. Yeah, I think I think you and harry and andrew and lisa definitely all appeared in the the i mean the good thing is um that's all on youtube and has been since the day it was released 10 years ago most or um, Mm. a lot of those and of course they don't they don't date because it's all digital it looks just as good as it did 10 years ago that's Um, a nice that's a nice thought yeah and i'm happy I watch them now, and I'm happy with what they look like. They still look as good to me as they did. You know, it was it was the editing was very easy. Um, I've been doing episodes of the podcast where I've taken some of the recordings and some of the bits and pieces, and and, and um, using them 
in audio form as well. So they've had an extra life. And I, so I have been watching them a lot recently because I've been thinking, well, I'd quite like to, I, even though they are on YouTube, I quite like to preserve them in audio as well. So I've oh, got, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, but partly it was my ill health in 2013. There were one or two videos. There's a video I recorded on the Isle of Skye. I think it's the Isle of Skye. I think that's why I went with Callum. Um, and maybe even when I went to America in 2013, that there may there may be stuff that I never edited because I got I became unwell. But uh, um, but I also know that I got a new laptop and Windows Movie Maker was not as not as easy to use by that point on the new computer. Yeah. Um, so I think I used my old laptop for a while for editing my new laptop and then uh, later on when I got another laptop um, it was kind of there was no Windows Movie Maker and although I've tried lots of different supposedly easy to use editing packages there they're often so complicated that it's just yes I, 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 just, I want some, just want something I, like Windows Movie Maker which is simple I, I know I think with obviously 2008 was the turning point for me because um, suddenly I, I was able to um, get back to uh, do proper um, video editing and put music on and, and have that subtlety that I didn't have before um, but it's yeah I mean I've various I w- I've I used Pinnacle for years um, I've kind of with with my because I've obviously changed all my computer stuff last year I haven't actually bought a window a video editing package because all the video editing I've done in the last year has been very simple stuff um, but I, I really think talking about it here, I think maybe I ought to, it's time I did get one. Cause I'd like to, maybe not all of the, all of the films complete because there's, there's various people that wouldn't really want to appear with their exes. That's the two, two, unfortunately two things happened in the two of uh, the same things happened in, uh, uh, with smile again in different color gravia in, um, gift from eternity. Uh, Chris and Kath were in there. They were married at the time. They did some lovely, lovely scenes with me, uh, for, for me. And they split up just before the video came out. And similarly, uh, although it was a little bit of a longer time, um, Christian and um, Nikki, Angel Jarl, um, also were in with, with Oliver and Carol in um, Gift from Eternity, and they too split up. Naming no names, well, you can if you like. Naming no names, but one of your actors became a, a rather serious political person. And um, when I when I tried to remind him that we'd been in a play together, he, he well, if you of, called it a play, people, that's well, probably why it confused no, it. Sure, no, he confused sure it. Sure sure, like, no, I'm, um, sure I'm sure he said film. Yeah, um, he sort of um, yeah acted like I couldn't remember it. So. Uh, that's a shame because um, when we were—I I mean, I've—I've I've not really reconnected with him since um, Amy came to the premiere. Um, yes, because uh, t- yeah, 2018, I—I—I I, I got a vid- digital video camera I bought from my brother-in-law. Um, finally, I went digital and f- eight. Um, in 2008, I worked with Eric Montague, the filmmaker, uh, who had a company called Visi- v- v- um, Vidibiz at the time. And he was putting together the DVD of Sunset Warden, and I I asked for his help with um, Gift from Eternity. And it was he that kind of put me into the, taught me about video files, taught me about the I knew of video files, but taught me how to rip the software and 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 get get it going and the portable hard drives and and um, when the, I think Andy 
sort of tweaked it here and there and Keith helped and um, finally Gift premiered on, on the 30th of October 2008 which was my birthday and Amy came along Christian came along you came along and um, Andy uh, who else was there? Was there anyway? So yeah, uh, but uh, I, I, a copy went to Tom. I know because I, I was in. I went round to his uh, mum's house and gave gave her the copy, but I never heard anything back, and I never, which is a shame because I worked with Tom and Amy. That they were, t- I, I didn't realise they were actually. I thought they, I thought they were an item until we did gift. I realised they weren't. Um, they were just very good friends, um, but with. Tom, he was su- they were such fun to work with on stage and also Gift, they brought an energy to it and a youth to it, which was great. But Tom, I just lost touch with Tom. I, I, he, I'd like to think he had a fondness because he enjoyed doing it. He, he, you know, and he, he, um, and he, he, he loved the script. Amy was very appreciative when she when she saw it. The people move to London and they, 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 they don't they like to forget their old lives. But he, you know, he was very intelligent. He wasn't serious at all. He was, he was very light and very easy to work with. Um, so I, I'm very sorry about that. Um, uh, also, I mean, also in uh, by t- 2007, I was ready to gear up for my. Which, hoping to God this is the final with a production that was going to take me into uh, to uh, give different kind of graveyard. Um, finally got it going. And I was going to team up with Vidibiz and they said, well, you know, we can provide you with the cameras. I thought, this is great. Um, so he wanted his storyboard and I thought, oh, storyboard. And I, uh, I, I didn't really want to do a storyboard, but I did one anyway. And the thing is, the technical side, the legal side of it, was choking it, and that was that's the other th- kind of nail I mm. identified freely identify uh, in the coffin of, of the filming was um, when even a semi-professional, well, even a, you know, like a, a semi-professional company ca- comes along, it it throttles it with red tape. I mean, um, I had Gareth and Sarah, of course, were trained actors so there had to be something called a, what sounded what was called a model release form mm. and they they kind of thought what and, uh, and and there was there was all sorts of insurance and and his his uh, partner at the time was a very dour kind of practical uh, instantly kind of demoralizing figure that could oh, no, I want to call, want to see a copy of your f- what else you've done as if I was kind of um defending myself or something you know and I I I, I had bad vibes about this but I thought if we can get it professionally produced yeah. that's going to be well, nice and the and the other thing was sorry Dave. well I was going to say when, when I did Southern Park um the the <laughs> Uh, because uh, my friend Robin went to Oxford University, and because they they lived on college, or he lived on college, uh, we, we were able to record all around the gardens that sh- where you're not where, where an outside person it wouldn't be allowed to film. We got to film up a, a the, the the college tower, which he was able to sign the key out from. We got to film in the library, one of the, in one of the big posh libraries down in the stacks with the, like the vault. The rolling stacks. Yeah. Of, 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 so we did a cliffhanger where I think one of us gets looks like it's going to get crushed between the stacks, yeah. and they get. Um, we we just did that because it was Sutton Park, and we weren't making a big fuss about it. Um, and you know, when I went to Lanzarote or various other places with my parents, I remember it being a complete sort of 
excitement. You know, I, yeah. I, in my in my head, I'm I'm doing Doctor Who in 1983, going to Lanzarote, yeah. and you yeah. know, I'm doing Sutton Park in Lanzarote, and I'm doing my you know, yeah. um, obviously with none of the red tape involved. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, it, it still it still exists to this day, so I got away with it. But, <laughs> but no, isn't it nice when you can do that? I mean, yeah. some of the things that's the the big the biggest legacy, apart from seeing my work brought to life by some great great people. Um, uh, one of the great legacies of the films was uh, the sheer. I mean, I, I learned sheer brass neck nerve from you on Sutton Park, and also from Dave Aldridge on The Retaliators. Uh, but you know, filming outside. New Scotland Yard, having a chase in Waterloo <laughs> State, you'd be shot, at least shot these days uh, doing that. And um, and some of the things we'd, you know, I, I, and crazy things like, again, going back to Gift, um, we, uh, this this retired vicar, Tamsin's dad, was very happy, uh, unconditionally happy for us to film wherever we liked. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he was, he was doing these, he had every right to tell us to, to go away because he was doing these quiet dates with the church, mm. the people in the church. And I had to go through this, this, this kind of um, patio of, of, of quiet people um, to get from point A to point B. And, you know, we smiled sweetly and mm-hmm. there was a chase scene and, and a scene where you also, you could angle because the, the, the fakes farm was on a, an angle at the, uh, of the, um, against the hill you could actually get somebody on the roof without mm. causing them any harm whatsoever. And you could do a scene with somebody running across the gable of the roof, which I did. I don't, and um, I did, I shot the whole thing in mine mm. so that I, so we didn't need, we couldn't disturb the, the people there. Mm. And, um, and I just thought, how cool is that? Uh, you know, and, uh, and so, I mean, we, so we different kind of graveyard. Yeah. Biddy biz, um, I kind of felt that I was getting in a bit deep and think time went on and we did a recce. Of, well, we, got a, we were going to film at Way- Weymouth, which I'd lo- located as the, as the thing. And, and um, yeah, I, 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 it was all very kind of, oh, we, yes, sure, we all win awards for this. And I thought, well, let's make it first, you know. I, and it, it felt a bit pie in the sky. And... Um, I took a week off just prior to the recording and legislation was that still wasn't happening. The, the, um, the, 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 this legal side still wasn't happening. And I think the last straw was Eric emailed me and said, um, why don't you contact a broker? And I thought, what the hell do I do with a broker? Mm. Um, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't even know what they do. So in the end, I, I mean, I was, I wasn't sleeping. I was being snappy with Ali and, and I thought, bugger this um i'm i'm gonna uh i i i've this is i i want to do i'm so determined to do this but it's got to be my way so i said to eric look i i can't do this this way it's it's just it's just unworkable and um so i rang up gareth and sarah much to their relief i said you know we're not doing we're not going with video biz um the four of us are going to get into a car and we're all going and next next bank holiday weekend uh, if you're free, we'll all go down to Cornwall because I, I, I spotted Hale Beach. I visited on my visit to Linda King mm. um, in 2006, and I fell in love with Hale Beach. It was so big, and there were caves, and there was it was huge and wild, and anything goes. And I thought, 
let's go there and film it exactly how I wanted to. Because they was they were video bids were also saying, oh, we can throw you know you could we, with the scene where she throws the bottle into the sea, uh, you could do it CGI. I thought, why? <laughs> you know, as long as you don't break the bottle, just put the bottle in the bloody sea. You know, it's, it, just did, do it. Did, didn't you also do some? Where did filming in Starbridge go? Not Starbridge, oh, the yes. gardens. Yes, now that was going to be a different kind of graveyard. But back, back, rewinding seven years to the beginning of two thousand and one, where was which oh, was originally when we were going that. to shoot it. Starbridge, I was very keen to use because a game. Uh, I think when you and I went there with the you know the church parish outing mm. uh, with Chris and Kim and and Ali, mm. and uh, we. Um, I was very looking at the caves with great interest, and I, th- you know, we were looking into the possibility of using those, but it didn't really work out um, how on to, you know, because they they were a bit funny about it, and the, it became prohibitive, which is why the first yeah. um, one. So was that uh, just photo photos you took and recreation? It, it, it was a recreation, but I seriously wanted to shoot there, and it wasn't possible. And then it took a long time for us to find a suitable, another suitable location. Portland Bill was going to be the one we were going to use for the next time, which was August 2001. Um, and then, of course, that fell literally into the sea. Going back to Cornwall, um, yeah. we're, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're almost running out of time. Partly sorry, yeah, to yeah. do another episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um, so back, um, yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry for the uh, d- d- distraction. Back back to Cornwall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Cornwall. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, we did pile into the... And it was, again, a wonderful nod to the what what Gareth's called guerrilla, guerrilla filming, mm. uh, which just went there, did our own thing. Um, I cast Sarah because we were close friends and, and I needed someone I could trust and a very good actress, not to say a trained actress. Um, and I... And she she was very very supportive of the script, and we I got to know particularly well then that, uh, that week. Uh, uh, we we did this, this this stuff there. We really went for it. I kind of pushed her a bit because uh, there was a scene where she has to fall off a cliff, and I, although it wasn't a cliff, I kind of pushed her with a fear of heights, and we got Gareth to help her, and the end result was very good because I because of that edginess. And um, it, you know, the cave. I would have liked to have done a more elaborate thing on the cave, but it, it did its job. And looking at, uh, looking at it recently, uh, we we shot some scenes in St Ives, where she's going to meet apparently me going to meet her sister, and I'm really really happy with that stuff. It's really moody and broody, and mm-hmm. and I the second sister we did in this September, which was all in Crawley. Uh, where we have shot Granny and Ditch, and um, a lot of it indoors, a lot of intense stuff. We I worked more probably closer than I've worked with anybody else on on the films in getting some really really intense stuff, and um, that was you know we 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 wrapped up in the September. Um, I didn't have another film to go to, but uh, I that was the last film I did, and I think I've always I've I've always said I stopped because of the circumstances. And the fact that I haven't had a really good idea to go back to, and technically, you know, I, I'm I'm not an expert on these things. So, but I've I've recently got in touch with Richard Clark, who did a lot of some of the early of, of the films, and has his own production company. And I said, you know, let's write, let's act. Um, and I've given him some scripts. One of which is Virtual Gangster, which of course is where we started, you know, because that, that still hasn't been made. I liked my four 
noughties films. I thought they came out really well. And because I suppose it, I had a more colourful um, sort of journey to them and through them, and um, they, they seemed, in a funny way, a bit more worthwhile. Um, so, But I would love to do films again. You know, I, I sort of appeared in Zenith Arc, our version of Zenith Arc, uh, at the beginning of the year and of course covid's put the kibosh on it all um but yeah bring it on 2021 20, the bugs have gone i would i would dearly love to do some more filming i really well, would I, I think i think these days i'm all audio darling but uh, I, did do, <laughs> I did do my first um Sutton park audio play recently um yeah. in this in the same way as i used to do the show all kind of just making it up so I went on. But I wasn't, yeah. the, the, the only negative thing is, I was on location um, yeah. in Bath and recording it, but nobody could tell. <laughs> <laughs> I, with, I, I, I have to say also, as a sort of finish up, really, um, a, a salute, a, a, night, a naughty salute to yourself, um, because not only did you um feel for the form yourself uh, in the noughties with with di all different kind of things from um the the one-off films to the poetry and copernicus files um you also um contributed very nicely to my own ones you edited them all i think i think you did them all um and you were in the first two um with uh, smile again and gift from eternity both giving lovely performances and uh you, you know you just you you're my rock really oh, um and uh i i you know you're always there as a reassurance when things things got tough and um and i i i, I, I was particularly interested to, to see the way you worked in uh gift from eternity because um you i think the day we were filming it you kind of you knew you like you were familiar with your lines but and then you sort of locked yourself away in my bedroom and kind of concentrated um particularly on you know intense and on there and you you played it across between Jan, D D danny baker and jnt i always remember that uh, <laughs> um but no lovely and you had some nice scenes with dex To, to be here in, in in Las Vegas. I mean, this is a glamorous town, and look at this beautiful reconstruction of, of Vienna. Does this not impress you? Looks a bit like the water walks down in Manchester. Ah, but the, uh, uh, they've done that quite nice, actually. They, they, uh, they've done a, um, it looks to be on the dock, dockland and stuff, and they've sort of turned it into uh, cafes and things. But, uh, yes. No, they just sort of copied that here. It's. Uh, Nothing to write home about, is it? So you are very angry with this, um, this, this terrible company of, uh, of yours. I mean, well, obviously I wanted to go to Blackpool, didn't I? That's what they told me I was going to go to, not Las Vegas. Not since my catastrophic marriage to your father have I been so humiliated. I can explain, Mum. So can I, Mum. 
He's back, and you knew it, the pair of you. I knew it too, the creeping around the phone calls. You weren't going to tell Mum at all, were you? Well, you didn't. No, she just threatened him. You're all in this together. Can I have a last cigarette? Well, chops like milkshake. Every time that man comes back to this country, he sinks to new depths. And this time is no exception. Whichever rock he's crawled from under, tell him to go back there. Listen to me. He's our father, yours and mine and Eric's. All he wants to do is build bridges whilst he can. And what's that supposed to mean? It means he wants to get to know us all again properly. Even you. He doesn't respect me. He never has. So, put it together and what have you got? Your very own sight. Your own blank, virginal world. Do with it as you will. And what will you do with it? It's a spy outfit. My new venture. Sounds distinctly dangerous. To what end? To the greatest purpose of all, love. Right. They let you out of that jail too late, didn't they? You're flipping bunkers. Don't worry, Tom. He's always like this when he's got a plan. You know it'd lend in tears. Who cares? He pays well. Oh, pay. Yes, Eric, the savings. Any fool can design a website. In the shoebox. We've already paid him in booze. That's our let's get out of here fund. Chop, chop. I won't forget this. You will when you're drunk is all. He's earned it. I'll make you a mug, shall I? Thank you, sir. And if there are any problems, you can get me on the Riverside Park bench. Uh, the nice one with the tribute on it. Not the one by the poop bin. At least stay to finish your drink. I don't know why I have to go, I've... Uh, things to drink, people to leer at. You know it is. A word, Mr. Boss. We've got some bad news about your star performer. Oh, you are? Don't play games with us. You know who we are. I believe I may have seen you on TV. What did you want to tell me about Oliver? He's a murderer. He's a what? Yesterday, Alpha was murdered, strangled, and we believe our dear brother is responsible. Indeed. And what evidence do you have, or did he just forget your birthday? Oliver has appeared on your show openly saying he's going to rob us. Well, the whole damn country knows he hated Daddy. Yes, but... And now he has it. The family heirloom. So it does exist, then? We thought we should tell you before we go to the police. Before you do, there's something I should show you. A little home video Carol Parkinson dropped into me late yesterday. Now, I have to say that... If you should openly accuse my guest of murder, or so much as go to the press, I might have to show the police this. Good afternoon to you. You were warned. Ho, ho, ho. Now, Mr. Wellington, you are going to do exactly as I say. Lie down. I hope you know what you're doing. In less than ten minutes, our oh-so-proud, warmongering, coke-swilling, football-encrusted 20th century will be no more. And with it, the life and times of Tony Wellington. I'm not going to die. Your 20th century is. What does it do for you, Mr. Wellington? 
In the last moments of your old life, confess your most brazen moments, my son. You want to know my favourite memory? <sighs> Moses saw the promised land. Why? Because, Einstein, like all the best lovers have said, you'll thank me for it in the morning. Treasured memory with feeling, Mr Wellington. Now! Uh, I had a really good scout camp once. Haven't you got any juicy stories about girls? Oh, I had one once. I met her at the bank. We worked together. Well, I worked for her. She was my boss. Great. Now, think me into this experience. We've six minutes. Yeah. Right, okay. A street after hours. A girl in a fur coat. That's Sandra, my boss, and we're walking in the moonlight to the bus stop. And? And? Come on, I want rose-coloured ecstasy. <coughs> We argued a few days after that, and I finished with her. Well, she finished with me, and then a few days after she sacked me. What a bitch. Is she really your highlight, apart from the scout camp? Small mercies and all that. I've got to go now! It's been good, but yeah, definitely time to come home now. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at Pride 48. Dot oh, com. Dear. <laughs> What's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have um, and well, thank you very much for talking about our crazy filmmaking days in the noughties. And it's been really lovely, and and, and the nineties ones were nice yes, as yeah, well. Yeah. They were lo a lovely creative time, and and yeah. I'm glad I'm glad they're there yeah. for the re re recollection of a, at any given time. You know. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking about it, and I hope you enjoyed hearing some of these anecdotes from us old filmmakers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, We'll be back again soon, um, and we'll have Nick back again soon. And uh, we'll say goodbye for now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, well, gotta tell you, I didn't expect that. What the hell just happened on the show? I mean, seriously, reverse it, because I lost. What the? What's going on? Man, was that worth it or not? Oh my goodness, that was a darling little shoe. Wow, I love that one. <laughs> Great show, Paul. Yeah, that was a good shoe. Oh, that bottle I just burnt. 
Just the weirdest thing I've ever heard.